Hello and welcome to the Homeowner Prep Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Halan, and this podcast was created to provide real-world advice and accountability for first-time homebuyers. We'll be interviewing industry experts, providing some how-tos, and talking with first-time homebuyers about their personal experiences. If that sounds interesting to you, please be sure to subscribe, and if you're watching on YouTube, be sure to hit the little bell to be notified when new episodes release. Now let's dive into today's episode. Welcome to the Homeowner Prep Podcast. Today, we're going to be covering a topic that I'm really passionate about. And so I'm going to actually start this podcast with an apology because I'm going to hurt some feelings today. You know, we have a lot of conversations, um, you know, with potential home buyers, first time home buyers, and they're sitting on the sideline waiting to get into the real estate market. And the thing that comes up, the thing that they often say is, well, I'm just waiting for the market to crash before I buy a house. So I'm here to apologize to you because I'm going to hurt your feelings today. I'm going to actually go into some details about, you know, what caused the market crash back in 2008. Um, I was in the business. I got licensed back in 2006, saw what was happening, saw, you know, the the writing on the wall, if you would. Um, So we'll cover a lot about that. We're going to talk about what's going on in the market today, uh, what's different, what's similar. And then ultimately, we're going to get into what is costing you to be sitting on the sidelines and waiting for a potential market crash. So we're going to probably break this uh, episode up into two parts because I really want to dive in. I want to get to the granular level to make sure you understand exactly what we're seeing and why I feel confident and strong in saying that we won't be seeing that 2008 market crash anytime soon. So let's just dive right into it. I, I've, I've laid the apology out there for you. So if I hurt your feelings, write in, hit me up, DM me on social media. I'd love to chat with you about it because this is going to be an opinion that I have based on experience. And that experience started back in 2006, like I mentioned. I got licensed in the business when we saw, you know, this uphill, um, you know, this trajectory, if you would, of the market. And what was going on at that time was a lot of folks were getting qualified for loans that they were not qualified for. So you say, well, hold on, how can that happen? I'm not, I'm not qualified. I don't make enough money. So I shouldn't be able to get a loan. Now that's not what was going on in 2006, 2007, leading up to 2008, it was actually, you know, started back probably in 2005 because they say it was about a three year run up. People were getting into a loan based on what they said they earned. These were called stated income loans. If I tell you I make $10,000 a month, you take my word for it and you give me a loan based on my word, the hope from the bank, from that lender, the loan officer is that you wouldn't be lying because you're putting your own money up. You know, you're, you're paying, you know, some, some skin in the game on your down payment and your closing costs. So, you know, you wouldn't want to lose those um, by lying to me and saying that you can afford something that you can't afford. Well, that's exactly what was happening. People were able to purchase a home based on what they said they earned and then turn around and lose said home because they weren't able to afford the mortgage. And those mortgages that were, you know, going into play at that time were called adjustable rate mortgages, ARMS. Uh, So an adjustable rate mortgage will change over the life of your loan at different increments based on different indexes. There's a lot that goes into that. You can definitely research that or reach out to us if you have a question about it. But at that time, there were more adjustable rate mortgages taking place. And during the 2005 to 2008 run-up, 25% of home loans were subprime loans. Subprime loan is basically saying that I have a buyer, uh, a borrower 
but they're not quite as qualified. You know, you know, they have some issues going on. Maybe it's credit. Maybe they're, <clears throat> they're not putting down a full 20%. You know, they have some things that are going on that prevent them from getting the best rates and the best mortgages that are out there. To put that into context, you can expect subprime lending to take place in about 1% to 2% of home loans. From 2009 to 2014, we had 1% of home loans that were subprime loans. So that gives some context there as to what was going on from 2005 to the run-up of 2008. And that's just one item to mention. So when we look at what caused the crash, we were looking at Stated income loans. I'm going to tell you how much I make. You're going to take my word for it. I'm getting into a subprime loan. So, you know, I'm, I'm getting kind of some aggressive financing, maybe, um, you know, those adjustable rate mortgages. And also what was happening is a lot of folks were buying a second home. These were not their primary residences. These were second homes, third homes. People were buying multiple homes at the same time. There was so much loan fraud going on. People would be closing on uh, two loans at the same time before I could report on their credit. So it was the wild, wild west uh, that led up to the 2008 crash. And these are some of the things that we're just not seeing in the market today. There are some items, and I'll, and I'll discuss them, um, you know, that are kind of hints of you know what's to come um, but we're definitely not seeing the subprime market like we did then in fact what we're seeing right now are a lot of lenders are actually making it harder for buyers to purchase a second home or third home because there's such a housing shortage and they really want those first-time home buyers to, to get into real real estate and get in the game they're making it harder and harder for people to buy a second home and they're making the terms that much stricter. So they're trying to slow down the things that we saw back from 2005 to 2008. There's regulations in place to prevent these things from happening. Um, and so we're trying to prevent the same market crash that we saw. That's just one indication that you're not going to see the crash that we saw before. You know, as you're sitting on the sideline waiting for this market crash to happen, home prices are going up. Um, inflation is now at work, and we're just kind of seeing the, the front line of that inflation work. And we're going to start to see some things take place that are going to put you into what's called the rent trap. The rent trap is when you can afford rent, probably barely afford rent, uh, but you're, you got into a rental, whether it's an apartment or you're renting a home, and that rent is going up by 5% every single year as you renew your lease. So automatically, your rent is going up by a certain percentage. We're dealing with inflation. So, you know, price of goods, you know, your standard groceries, gas, uh, you know, as you see throughout the nation, these things are going up in price. And yet your income is not keeping up with the amount of inflation and the amount of home appreciation and your rents going up. So you're falling further and further behind. This is why it's important for you to get in the game as soon as you can. Now, as a real estate agent, you know, one of the things that we, we really try to protect uh, when it comes to our code of ethics and things of that nature is that we don't want to force people to buy a house. We don't want to rush you or to scare you into purchasing. However, we can be real. Let's be real for a minute. The real facts are your rent is going up every single month 
5%, I mean, every single year when you renew your lease by 5% typically, only because a lot of places are capped, <laughs> could be seeing higher. Um, and then you're also seeing that inflation is in place and home appreciation is going through the roof. We're not seeing the typical 4% appreciation every year, year over year. No, last year what we saw here in California was 20% plus. So if you're not able to keep up with these figures and, the, and these prices that are moving up, you're forcing yourself to become a renter for the long term. Now, if you're okay with that, then hey, that's fine. But I hope you're not. <laughs> I hope you're trying desperately to figure out a way to stop paying somebody else's mortgage so you can then turn into, you know, a homeowner, buy your own property, take advantage of the appreciation and tax benefits, and hopefully have an asset that you can then pass on to the next generation um, or leverage to start a business or do the things that you want to do. So that's coming from, you know, where we were when we saw that market crash and what we're seeing right now in the market. We're seeing the inflation. We're seeing the home appreciation. You're putting yourself into a rent trap and it's scary. So again, this is not you know, the sky is falling mentality. This is just the real facts of what's going on currently in the market. Another thing that we're seeing, you know, that's similar to what we saw back in 2007 um, and 2006 were some stated income loans are coming back. So it doesn't mean that everybody's going to now um, take advantage of those stated income, you know, loans, but they are coming back. So we're seeing them um, come back into the market everybody's biggest concern is, hey, if people are buying so aggressively right now, surely these homes are going to foreclose. That's ultimately what caused a crash back in 2008, in addition to, um, you know, our stock market crashing at the same time. That's why we had this great recession. But what we're seeing are foreclosures are at their typical rates right now. Yes, there will be an incline in, in foreclosures to come, I believe, um, because I feel that some folks will have a, a tough time, especially if they lost their job due to the pandemic. Um, so they will have a tough time keeping up with expenses. So we will see a slight tick up on foreclosures, but we're not going to see the same amount of foreclosures that we saw back in 2008. And part of that is because people are not getting into these subprime loans. Their loans right now are fixed rate, 30-year based on real numbers, real income. And so they can qualify for these homes and they can afford these homes for the long term. Another reason why we're not going to see these same foreclosures is because people who may have difficulty in paying their mortgage because they've lost jobs or they've had to take jobs that, you know, pay them less, they have enough equity in their homes that they can turn around and sell it on the open market. So they're not upside down in their homes. They're not, um, you know, locked into these adjustable rate mortgages or uh, negative amortization loans that were going on. I mean, like I said, it was the wild, wild west. And so we're just not seeing that in today's market. And so I really want to make that clear because at the end of the day, when we're sitting back and I'm, I'm having conversations with folks who are saying that they're going to wait for the market to crash like it did in 2008, it's just not going to happen. We're not seeing the same factors at play. And so that's very important for you to know because at the end of the day, you're fooling yourself. If you listen to the news articles and, you know, the headlines about this bubble that's soon to burst, you're only fooling yourself because we're out in the marketplace. We're seeing what's going on. We're seeing home buyers that are 
qualifying for these loans for the long term based on real numbers and they're locked in and they're taking advantage of home appreciation now and lower rates now before things change for the worse. So I want to make that clear. I Like I said, we're going to break this up into two episodes because I really want to jump into what is actually costing you while you wait on the sidelines. And so I, I want to jump into that as well. But just come to an understanding that what we saw in 2008 is not what we're going to see anytime in the near future, bearing anything, you know, a catastrophe, obviously, but just based on pure numbers, the loans that are taking place in the market, the buyers that are out buying homes in this marketplace, we're just not seeing uh, irresponsible finances taking place in the market. These are responsible home buyers. There's a shortage of homes. And that's why we're seeing the increase in price. So I hope that information was valuable to you. If you have any questions at all about what's going on in the market, if you want to dive deeper into what caused the market crash, feel free to shoot us a DM on all of our social channels. We're at Homeowner Prep. um, And then you can ask those types of questions. We can dive a little bit deeper because this is important. I'm passionate about this because I feel that people are hurting themselves by sitting on the sidelines and waiting for a market crash that's not yet to come. So again, hope you got some value from today's episode. Definitely tune into the second part of this as we dive deeper into what waiting on the sideline is actually costing you um, so you can get an idea of the necessity to just get started. I appreciate you tuning in and we look forward to the next one. Take care. I hope you got some value from today's episode. If you know someone who could benefit from hearing this show, be sure to share it with them. And if you're listening to the podcast, we'd love for you to drop us a review. We'd also love to hear from you if you have any questions. So reach out to us on Instagram at homeowner prep. Who knows? We may read your review and answer your question on one of our future shows.